Hey y'all, welcome to a bonus episode of Young Black and Opinionated. I'm your host, Christina Royster. Make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you are listening and you can follow the podcast on Instagram and Facebook at the YBO Podcast. This is a bonus episode. Like I said, I'm trying to keep it short. I have a lot to talk about, but I'm gonna just try to keep it to two points, okay? I'm only going to talk about Astro World and The Harder They Fall, hopefully. I might add something else because you know I can talk, but let's get into it. All right, y'all, let's dive right in with the Astro World incident. This is just awful. This just keeps going from bad to worse, you know, as, as more information comes in, um, it's just not looking good. I mean, I think we all know the story by now, but I'll just share what we know for a fact right now and go from there, okay? So Travis Scott, 30-year-old rapper Travis Scott, hosted his annual Astroworld Festival in Houston, Texas. Um, The date was November 5th, Friday, November 5th, and Saturday, November 6th. They canceled the second night because of the tragedy that occurred on the first night. And so... He hosted this in Houston, Texas at NRG Arena. I've never been to this arena. I don't know the setup. I don't know the exits. I don't know what it looks like. But let's just say this event venue probably was not secure. This event venue was not safe. And I, I don't let me let me just let me just keep going before I start getting in my bag. Okay, so. Boom. Travis Scott hits the stage at 9 p.m. It doesn't help that he brings out Drake as a special guest, okay? So he hits the stage, and let me just also add the fact that one of the EMTs has come out and said the music was so loud and the energy was so crazy at this festival that they couldn't even hear over their walkie-talkies. So when that first incident happened, when the first person dropped from cardiac arrest, they probably didn't get help for at least 10 minutes or more because... The EMTs didn't know what the fuck was going on. And I, I I say EMTs plural, but really how many did they have? The people who planned this event only had like one ambulance and one defibrillator. What the fuck is that? So Travis Scott hits the stage at 9 p.m. And by 9.38, authorities deem it a mass casualty event. And essentially what happened was everybody was fucking lit and excited and surged towards the stage. And there was a stampede. People were trampled. People were crushed. Concert goers had cardiac arrest and heart attacks. And in total, there were eight fatalities ranging ranging from the ages of 14 to 27. Now, I'm not trying to victim blame, but why are young kids this age at this festival? I'm not letting my little kid go to Coachella. I'm not letting my little teenager go to Astroworld. Well, see, this is why we can't victim blame, because you know what? These parents, they probably just said, hey, I'm going to let my 16-year-old go to a concert with her friend. I know somebody, a friend of a friend, went to this event. So everybody probably just thought it was going to be a regular concert, and it turned into a tragedy. And so we lost eight people. Um, One 22-year-old is in critical condition and showing no brain activity. And then a nine-year-old is in a medically induced coma from this incident. So it's just awful. And I, I I don't want to blame Travis Scott because he's just the artist, right? He's just the rapper. 
his name is on the flyer and he performs, but everything behind the scenes, he really had no part of. He didn't plan, he didn't plan the event. He didn't pick the venue. Well, maybe he did pick the venue, but he didn't pick the security and the strategizing. And so more than 30 lawsuits total have been filed with score more shows. If anybody wants to be mad at somebody, be mad at score more shows. They are the promotions and management team. Uh, lawsuits have also been filed with Live Nation. They did the ticketing. Contemporary Services Corporation, they did the security, or lack thereof. And Harris County Sports and Convention Corporation, they are the property owner. So those are the folks being sued right now. And um, Travis Scott has also been named a defendant in some of the lawsuits. And even Drake was also named at, in at least one of them. So... People are mad, people are devastated, and they want something to be done about this. So far, Travis Scott issued a little, you know, iPhone notes app apology, and honestly, we need to talk about that. We need celebrities to do better. I don't, I wasn't expecting anything from Travis Scott, honestly, because he does seem to be, like, one of those oblivious artists. No offense, but he just seems very oblivious to me, and he clearly was. I don't know if, he didn't see the flashing medical lights and, and thought, hey, maybe I should stop performing. But he kept performing. And then I heard something awful. I heard after the event, apparently he still wasn't aware of the severity of the disaster. He went to Drake's after party at Dave & Buster's. That was the concert after party. And that is sad in itself. Why would Drake host a party at Dave & Buster's? But yeah, <laughs> um... He was not aware of the situation. I guess his team didn't fill him in. And so he's just thinking, oh, my concert got canceled. I'm going to go to this after party, not realizing that eight people lost their lives. And so he is, what, oh, but what I was going to say is Travis Scott does seem oblivious to me and he doesn't really seem like, I don't know his relationship with his fans, but he doesn't seem like a very human, humane person. I, I know that sounds awful, but he just seems like a, a big time celebrity to me who probably doesn't care about his little fans who paid however much to come to this concert. I mean, he is doing the right thing by paying for their funerals. And I also heard a rumor that he was going to do a partnership with BetterHelp to give every concert goer one free month of therapy. That partnership sounds shady in itself. I don't know about that. But I just feel like he needs to do more. He needs to put out a video or something. I don't know. He, he just... He needs to be more hands-on. It's seeming it's seeming very hands-off right now. Um, he probably doesn't want to think about it. He probably doesn't want his name tied to it. But all eyes are on him right now, especially because he's set to headline Coachella in April. Why would anybody want you at a festival now, Travis Scott? He's already taken a break from performing since Astral World. He already canceled one of his other shows. Post Malone had to fill in. So... <laughs> Travis Scott, yeah, this is definitely going to put a damper on his career. And it kind of reminds me of how um, there was that shooting at the the, con the country concert a couple years ago. I don't remember which artist it was. Kenny Chesney, one of them. Um, I, well, that's bad. I hate to loop all country artists together, how they do rappers. But um, remember how that kind of tarnished his image? So this is definitely going to tar tarnish Travis Scott's image. But his image is really the least of our concerns. The most important thing is the victims. And so, um, yeah, I think more will, will definitely come from this and, and the story will continue to unfold. But we have to talk about 
this rage culture, this mosh pit culture. I've, I, I'm, again, I'm not trying to blame the victims, but I definitely believe that most of the people in that crowd were probably under the influence and they probably didn't have their wits about them. They probably were panicked. They probably didn't know what was going on at the time because when you're in it, you can't get out of it. And that reminds me of a podcast episode I listened to recently about the Hillsborough 1989 incident. It was a soccer game in England. They had thousands probably the same amount of people packed into these, the, these seats at the arena were, which were essentially like caged in. So there was only like one way in and one way out and they were packing them to the brim and they kept trying to tell the security guards, there's no more room in here. Stop pushing people in here. But the security guards just thought that they were rowdy spectators at a soccer game and they didn't listen to them. And unfortunately there were 97 victims from that incident in 1989. So go look that up. The Hillsborough tragedy at a soccer game in 1989. But we have to stop with this mosh pit culture. I personally wouldn't even want to go to a festival with 50,000 people ever, let alone during um, COVID. So I'm sure all these people probably just thought they were going to a regular concert and it ended up so badly. And Travis Scott actually has been charged before. Um, He's been charged. Where is it? It's in this article somewhere. Yes, this article says Scott is known for high-octane shows and twice faced criminal charges for riling up his crowds. These celebrities have so much power now. If they say jump, the crowd says how how high? Literally, Travis Scott has incited mayhem at his shows. And then this article, funnily enough, um, funnily, is that a word? No, it's not. Funnily, whatever, you know what I mean. They bring up his song Stargazing and how he said, it ain't a mosh pit if it ain't no injuries. I got him stage diving out the nosebleeds. So there you have it. That's Travis Scott, y'all. Let's move on to The Harder They Fall. So The Harder They Fall is a film available on Netflix right now. It was in theaters for a little while and then it dropped on Netflix. And we have to talk about the marketing. We have to talk about Jay-Z, who has never had an Instagram account in his life, Joined Instagram for 24 hours, made one post about the movie and dipped. And in 24 hours, he got 2 million followers. So he did what needed to be done. He got the job done. He got people to pay attention to the movie and it is now available on Netflix. The Harder They Fall is starring Idris Elba as Rufus Buck, Zazie Beetz as Stagecoach Mary, Regina King as Trudy Smith, Jonathan Majors. We know him from Lovecraft Country. He plays Nat Love. Lakeith Stanfield plays Cherokee Bill. RJ Seiler plays Jim Beckworth. I know RJ from the Scream MTV series that I enjoyed so much. You might know him from Power Rangers. Young black guy coming up in Hollywood. And Delroy Lindo plays Bass Reeves. So this is a stacked cast. This cast has many Oscar nominations among them and Emmy nominations. This is a very stacked cast, and I was very excited to watch this. And if if you like, uh, what was that other thing that I told y'all about a couple months ago? Concrete Cowboy, if you liked that with Idris Elba, you're gonna love this, okay? It's got cowboys, it's like a Western with drama, there's love involved, there's um, just so much. It's just an awesome, awesome film. And you know it takes a lot to really wow me. Well, it doesn't take that much. But this was really wow-worthy, y'all, okay? It already has 86% on Rotten Tomatoes, 
And as I said, the synopsis is when an outlaw discovers his enemy is being released from prison, he reunites his gang to seek revenge. Um, as I said, Jay-Z was a producer. Also James Samuel made, he wrote the script. He wrote the music and he directed it. So, you know me, I like to dig around. I'm like, who the hell is James Samuel? And as it turns out, James Samuel is, drum roll please, Seal's brother. Can you believe it? I feel like celebrities always have a, a lesser known sibling who is also working on dope shit. And that is who James Samuel is. He is the singer Seal's brother. And this guy, he is essentially a writer slash director, but also a music producer. And he's put out music under the name, The Bullets. Yes, The Bullets, I believe. And he's known as an artist, a musical artist for always releasing like short films with his projects. So this was just a beautiful marriage of music and black history and filmmaking. The casting was spot on to me. The marketing was great. Everything all around, it was just a beautiful production. But I do have one comment about the casting. People are mad about the colorism. People are mad that, I should mention that this is this is based off of real people in black history. Stagecoach Mary, Cherokee Bill, they were real people. And so Stagecoach Mary was a plus size, older looking, dark skinned woman. And she was portrayed by Zazie Beetz, a young, thin, light-skinned actress, okay? When I watched it, as someone who didn't know the history of Stagecoach Mary and Cherokee Bill, when I watched it, I just took it at face value. I enjoyed the movie. I love Zazie Beetz. She's a great actress, and I haven't seen her in a role like this before, so I enjoyed it. But people always want to be mad about something, and so people were mad about the colorism, and it is true. We've talked about it several times. Hollywood does have a colorism issue, but this was a black film made by a black man, and if he wanted to choose her, then it's his prerogative. I didn't do the casting. He did the casting. So if you want to be mad at anybody, be mad at James Samuel. Don't be mad at Zazie Beetz. And actually, James Samuel probably didn't even do the casting. They probably hired somebody else to do that. I mean, he probably did put in his request and say, oh, I want Zazie Beats," But I just need y'all to lay off her, please. I understand that, you know, it might not be historically accurate, but it is what it is. It's still a good movie and y'all still liked it, didn't you? So stop complaining. Now, yes, if we were going to be historically accurate, I would have cast Danielle Brooks for Stagecoach Mary or somebody. You know, she's plus size. She's dark skinned. She's a great up and coming actress. But Zazie Beats got it and Zazie Beats did it. I enjoyed it. So I hope that you guys check out The Harder They Fall. And yeah, that is my bonus episode for today. This concludes another episode of Young Black Independentated. Well, a bonus episode, I should say. The real episode is going to be next week on Instagram Live. We are recording episode 150 live. It's going to be a great episode with my guest, Dondre Dodson. And on that episode, we are calling it Bops and Boos. We're talking about your boo, your bae. We're talking about R&B music. We're talking about romantic comedies. It's a nice blend of my serious topics mixed with pop culture news. So you don't want to miss it. Wednesday, November 17th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We are recording episode 150 on Instagram Live. I'll see you there.